I, I think true supervillains only occur when, like, you've done all of the drugs and, like, done all the crazy sex stuff and you have so much money that, like, you have to find, like, you can fund and create new ways to amuse yourself. Like, we've talked about the fine art of car flipping on numerous occasions and shit like that. Like, it's mm-hmm. a pastime of only the obscenely, uncomfortably, like, criminally wealthy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is true. And, and, and I also you- like the idea of, like, how you just presented, after you've done all the drugs and invented all of the potential... <laughs> Had the potential to invent all the drugs and then some. Yeah, like, it's... Literally, it's you've taken money through all of the known ways to amuse yourself, and then you're, like, you're sitting there with your dream journal going, like, what else would make me happy at this point? Nothing else does. What if I launched my car into space and then threw it at Mars? Which he missed, by the way, so fuck him on that. <laughs> Go into the asteroid field. He's also committed the largest act of space littering in human history, technically. <laughs> he, has, he has pulled the, like, space equivalent of driving your car to a shitty neighborhood, parking it, and torching that thing. I guess the, or the next step for you, then, is you need to found your own version of, basically, Tesla so that you can get the Dread Pirates, something Wicked Studios, up into space and start taking yeah. shit over. Yeah, I... I've definitely reached a, p- a point in my life where if I could get involved in, like, space piracy or space crime, I'd be super into it. And my first act would be to track down that fucking Tesla and throw it at the planet. Throw it back at Earth? <laughs> throw it back at Earth. Like, if I could aim it at the SpaceX compound, I would. And just, like, spray paint catch on the side. Oh Asking God. the question, does spray paint work in space? <laughs> do aerosols work i mean in theory it would it just propels a molecule of paint forward yeah that said the usually they're a urethane dissolved in a uh what's it called a solvent and i don't know how that'll react with the cold as shit <laughs> depths well, of space theory it might Probably help because like the um compressed air cans just get colder as they go as they let they off also, mass they also ice over and close themselves. This is true. So I think uh, you get, like, one shot. The moment you let off the button, you're fucked. <laughs> I mean, even with the other ones, if you, you can hold down the button and still get screwed. Yeah. It's also... Ah, po- uh, no, it's a gas. You can't... My brain was like, can you freeze it until it, until it like, cracks the can and... Like, punch the paint theory, out? In theory... I don't know, would it compress itself so much and shrink so much in volume it would pull a vacuum on the can? I assume because there's no pressure around it, the release of pressure would just kind of, it might dent the can some, but like there's no pressure pushing in on the can, so it wouldn't contort. Well, the thing is, is the the can is in itself pressurized. It has a seat. Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm just saying like without, with the absence of pressure around it, the sucking in of pressure either would like compress that thing down to a tin can instantaneously, or I don't think it would do anything because there would be no opposing force to help aid along the sudden release of gas causing the can to compress. Well, I'm not thinking about the outside pressure. What I'm thinking no. of is if you take the if you take the gas that's in it in a somewhat 
if it's not completely liquid in there, you have some level of gas. Yeah. If you freeze all that gas at all the at the negative as shit temperatures in space, all that gas is going to decrease in volume. But the can has an air seal, so that volume can't go nowhere, so the can will pull inward. You'll freeze it into pulling a vacuum if there if it decreases in volume. I feel like all this fails in comparison to the fact that you'll be slowly drifting away as you paint. Like the <laughs> pressure will push you away from you're trying to paint, I guess. Like And you'll just go on indefinitely. Yeah, I think that's the bigger I the can compression's a problem, but I really suspect the propulsion provided by the aerosol release, that might be the bigger issue. This is literally the actual like stupid physics book problem of if i'm a what is it if i'm a astronaut in space with an infinite collection of sandwiches how many sandwiches do i need to throw away from myself to get back to my ship kind of deal mm. <laughs> i just want to see the newspaper article banksy dead in space art was his undoing <laughs> oh like God. banksy's art pushes banksy towards sun say what would banksy be drawing like a spaceship with lasers on it, except the lasers are flowers. Probably. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 93. And because of scheduling issues, Alex isn't here this week. So, yeah, first solo podcast. Oh, the fuck? <laughs> Woo! That's a sound I haven't heard in a couple months. Uh, no. Or one? One month? Two months? This year yet? I, 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 I'm realizing at a, a rapid pace that I think the last podcast I was on was in 2017. Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. I think so. I, I have, I've been away for, or I, I mean, I've been here the whole time, just really quiet in the corner making just judgments and jotting things down for the eternal watcher. I've just also been cutting your audio. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a good decision. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I was very, uh, very, I, I had this one really bad case of laryngitis for the last two months. Uh, no, no voice whatsoever uh, or presence or a, a complete physical lack of appearance. I what think is it was. with this podcast and crippling throat injuries? <laughs> I say I th- I was about to say I don't think I've gotten one, but then I realized I do distinctly remember one of our earlier podcasts where I did lose my voice, and that was several podcasts is- in a row. The origin of the sexy Jeff disease voice. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. That that was great. <laughs> Let's talk about gaming news. This is what I sound like all the time right now. We just blast some Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on. Just like, all right. For all the sensual listeners of the podcast, we're about to get into some gaming news. So, recently released... What the fuck are we, you... the recent Deadpool trailer? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Well, that'd be if I was talking about, like, Bob Ross, but, like, and now we're just gonna have some happy little video Have games. you seen the new one? The one that came out, like, today? No. <laughs> it's, uh, our... it's so pretty our good. Spoiler. Spoiler, uh, Jeff got out of work early today, and instead of reading news on gaming or anything, he went to sleep. <laughs> I actually only woke up about two hours ago. <laughs> I'm really not making things up when I say Jeff has not been on the podcast because of scheduling conflicts. It that is really true. has been a real thing. 
Um, yeah, today I got to message us to Charlie. Uh, I might not be there tonight because uh, my energy company is letting me know that they are prepared for the storm. Uh, yeah. Because it snowed a lot where I am because I get snow unlike LA. My main office today went home around like noon our time because the roads were icing over it. We're like, do we get to go home? No, you're in California. Man, we never get to go home early for anything. What if I identify as having icy roads? Then can I go home? Uh, we're not liberal enough for that here. <laughs> I, I feel the roads are icy, and therefore they are. Uh, actually, this is a past life regression. In one of my reincarnated lives previous to this one, uh, I, there were icy roads. Um, at one of my previous I just, I just jobs, really there go icy home. roads? Yeah, at one of my previous jobs, there were icy roads. I had this one school day once, you know... <laughs> Back when I lived in New England. Dude, growing up, we had a frostbite week. <laughs> yep. The, that was a that, week. Yep. I remember being having the school shut down for a week because the school uh, didn't have heat. Um, And if you went to class, you'd literally see your breath. That was the frostbite week. Yeah, and that was yeah. The, the rest of the city also had the problem of, hey, if you waited a bus stop, you will catch frostbite. Mm, that was like negative what... twenty at noon, cold week. Yeah, they used or now they've taken those bus terminal stations and they've segregated smokers out into them because Soviet Russia, I guess. Uh. Yeah, little smoker kiosk things, fucking weird. Weird. I don't think we weird. have those in L.A. Really? That's like the just first vape. place I would expect to see them. Oh, no, we don't have public smoking, period, but you can vape to your heart's content. Oh. Well, on that bombshell, how was your week? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, my week is purely Charlie's home buying house of horror. That's actually not totally true. The I got house to, capades? The house capades continue. Before I get to my house capades, uh, the, they recently opened up a giant hydroponic supply store near me. And I finally got to go into it just to see what the fuck a Costco-sized hydroponic store sells. And I was not disappointed. Oh, Jesus. To be fair, it's not quite Did Costco Did it have one size, of those names but... like Green Touch or Magic Light or one of those? No, it's called really like Fresh not Start or something. Names? Oh, yeah. Still not subtle. Like This thing was the size of a large grocery store and like... If you were looking for equipment or fertilizer or to get a secondhand high, this was your stop, boy. <laughs> oh, no. There was no confusion what you might be using hydroponic supplies for there. Uh, if you are confused by that. <laughs> I, I, I want to grow myself some hydroponic tomatoes. You don't have to lie to us here. We literally have a weed uh, leaf in our logo. No, this is for tomatoes and corn. No, it's not. We know that. <laughs> we have an entire aisle of grow lights. That that does seem like a thing they would have. Yes. Yeah. We have them broken out by various strain type, not by like efficiency. <laughs> they just have the names of the flavors on them on everything. Uh, not quite that, but like if you're using a, if you're, if you're growing a plant based off this derivative or something or this base strain, this is the light output you want. I, it was all I, I, 
I personally love seeing the kind of ugly corporatization occasionally of marijuana and stuff like that, just because it's like, oh, you hippies in five years are going to be so upset when corporate America ruins this shit. Mm. Dude, it's like selling out, like, you know? When Marlboro Greens are a thing, y'all are going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm actually amazed that that isn't already. I know that they've registered and all that, but like... Not federally legal. That's the thing that stops it. Ah, that is true. You cannot cross state lines. Because that becomes a federal issue, and at the federal level, it's still illegal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Nah, but mostly my life has been involving housecapades. I've... Nothing major. Installed some, like, shower heads and stuff like that, but... In preparation to set up the new studio, I've started to look into how to run data to my garage, and I have learned that I really fucking hate fiber optic people. Not because they're not nice, but because they're efficiency people, and efficiency people drive me up a fucking wall. Uh, can you elaborate? So efficiency people, like I, I, I'm kind of torn in the eternal debate between, like, do I do a significantly shorter than it needs to be run a fiber optic or do i do a cat six run the cheaper option i can do myself for significantly less money is cat six i've installed cat six before i have a crimping tool etc etc oh very nice crimping tools are awesome yes it's it's not hard to install cat six i was trying to gather prices though on fiber optics because if i'm gonna go through the stupid process of running a obnoxiously long cable from my house to my garage and it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg maybe having something i'll probably never need to replace in the ownership of my house wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing so when the fiber optic guys come out and they see the run and they go yeah you don't want fiber optics and i go why and they go well because you have time warner cable you won't get the full benefit of it and i go i know i still want a price yeah, but Cat 6 is more than enough for you. I know. I still want a price. But you won't be able to utilize all of it. You'll have to use, like, satellite internet to get the full 300 megabytes a second. I'm like, I know. Give me a fucking price still. But it's not worth it. I know. Give me I a am the customer. Price. You are the asshole. Yes. But it won't be efficient. Again, I'm aware of this fact. I mm-hmm. believe my first words to you were, this will not be... I understand I will not be utilizing it completely. Like, no home can really utilize fiber optic correctly. Like, I, yeah. I, and this has become a routine I do. It goes on for 10 minutes, and then trying to persuade me to go to Cat 6, and I want to yell at them, if I'm doing Cat 6, I'm not paying you to run it. Mm-hmm. I could train a dog or a baby or a bird to run Cat 6. Mm-hmm. An idiot could run Cat 6. I could run Cat 6. Yeah, it's it's pretty goddamn easy, especially because my conduit pipe I have in my backyard already is threaded. It already has a nice piece of twine through it that you could use to, like, pull the Cat 6 through. I prepared for this shit. Like, I literally want to pay someone to show up with a spool of fiber optic, shove it in a hole for me, and put end caps on the opposite ends and tell me what kind of converters to Cat 6 cable or whatever switches I need to buy. Like, 
it's the most infuriating thing. And it's kind of my issue with most contractors where it's like, this is what I want. Well, you don't need that. Why don't you? Well, because it's a cheaper option. What if that's what I want? But you don't need it. There are lots of but things. I in want life. it, and I have money, so yes. that means I'm allowed to have it. Yes, I know this sounds like it's a, it's a, it's 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 the most entertaining first world problem I've had to deal with. This part of this is trying to convince contractors to give me the slightly more expensive option. Hmm. So you are the problem is that probably they're all just so used to being the product of the lowest bidder. Yeah. As you say. How much contracting work have you been needing to do? It sounds like you're fixing a ton of shit. Uh, it's... The reality was, given this whole crazy home buying process and the fact that I got paid to drop my claim on another house, I've had a little bit of money to throw around. Yep. And I've been using that to do, like... those. I, I could have moved into the house the day we closed on it kind of thing. The house is fine. But there was some stuff like, hey, I'd like to refinish these floors that I can afford to do right now. And I have these totally not legal power cables in my backyard. Let's bury that shit. Yep. And I have a circuit box that my inspector looked at it and said, I've never seen one of these things not on fire before. <laughs> That's not good. Was that install, or is this all the installation process of the previous owner? Um, I think this is more just original circuit box that came with the house from the 30s. So, like, I, half the stuff I'm running into is, like, if you've ever lived in an apartment building or a house that was built prior to, like, internet really being a thing, you find yourself in situations where it's like, wait, but what if I want to have, like, internet cables in my wall? Oh, that's complicated. How complicated? Complicated. Yep. Fish hooking or wiring anything through like that is a bitch. It's not that bad, but still, it's like it's things you don't think about till some fucking Time Warner cable person drills a hole in your wall because that's what they have to do to most houses in Los Angeles because most of the houses are like stupid new and don't require that or like crazy old. And you're like, oh, I want to move this cable here. Brat hole. Mm hmm. I'm angry about that still. Who's ready for the new Black & Decker mod? Uh, like I would punch you if you were in arm's reach, Jeff. Yeah, I fucking turned around and the guy put a hole in my wall. It, it Yeah, I I used to be fine with Time Warner Cable. I am less fine with Time Warner Cable. Mm -hmm. Is there a way for you to get off of them? Time Warner Cable is the best internet available in my area. Let me rephrase. Uh, I could go to yeah. Uh, for those who don't live in LA, LA ha all cities have a real problem with this. But LA's kind of map of internet providers is especially bad, mm -hmm. especially after the Time Warner Cable Charter merger, because you now have Spectrum Time Warner Cable or Time Warner Cable Spectrum and Charter Spectrum. And despite the fact they will charge you the same price because they are Spectrum, the availability of what you can get in your area can differ wildly depending on what the previous um, system to you was. So if you lived in a... a literally, I pay as much for people that live in... I, I live in a TWC area, meaning my internet is twice as fast as the charter areas, but I get charged the same as people getting half the speeds I get. 
because that's mm-hmm. quote high speed for their area. And my other options are like a local LA company that like on their website kind of says you probably shouldn't use us unless you're like involved in crime. Wait, what? It's real sketch. They're like, yeah, we just provide internet. We don't have any offices or anything really. So they're the front? I guess. I, it's more of the like, are you going to people monitoring your bandwidth usage? Yes, use us. We literally don't know what goes on in the internet. We have mm-hmm. the lowest, and I mean lowest review possible as an ISP. Or you can go with AT&T DSL for 200 bucks a month. All that of these options lowest. are terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I've I was hoping I'd be close enough to Glendale to get the Verizon internet because there you can get like fiber and shit, but no, I'm in Time Warner cable territory. Like that's the second part. It's still better than some of the other options. Mm-hmm. Cause I could live in Spectrum Charter territory, and that would suck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I it's just been a fun couple days of dealing with shit. Like it's I have to be out of my apartment by the end of the month, so it's kind of, okay, we actually have to move now. Oh, shit, we actually have to move now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, this is the last week we'll be recording on the main recording equipment for the podcast, because I'm going to put all of the remaining equipment into the road case it lives on top of, so it can be easily moved in a week or two. Okay. We're going back to the mobile rig. <laughs> I mean, the mobile rig's pretty sweet. It's pretty effective, yeah. Some might say it's all the system you need for a basic podcasting setup. And what I recommend to people that are thinking about getting into podcasting. Hmm. Apparently we get a surprising number of emails about that. Now I had a coworker or two ask, like, hey, what do you use for podcasting? And I'm like, I use this, but you should be smarter than me and use this. Mm-hmm. It's simpler. Yep. Yeah. True that. But, yeah, they've heard from me more recently than you, Jeff. What have you been up to? So I'm going to keep a lot of these things short, because elsewise we'll be here a while. Yeah. Um, so, some uh, highlights of the last, like, while that I just wrote down and can think of uh, off the top of my head is, uh, one, today, as I mentioned, I had a half day at work, and I fucking went home, and uh, me and my roommate finished Castlevania. Which uh, one? The anime. The Netflix anime. Is that any good? I keep meaning to watch it. It's pretty damn good. Um, It's definitely unfinished as all hell. Yeah, it's the first season um, or something. The first half of the season. Yeah, it's only like six episodes, but it's pretty brutal. The characters are likable. The dialogue is good. Um, it. I guess the more I talk, I'm saying out loud, I guess it's just good, actually. Um, there's an amazing conversation between two guys with Cockney accents at a bar in episode two uh, that I will not be reciting any of of because it's fantastic. Um, But uh, yeah, the Castlevania TV show is really good. Um, Fairly violent. I know virtually nothing about the video games and uh, that doesn't seem to be a problem. It's never Um, been a problem. Yeah. Yeah, The show very much reminds me of Helsing. Big fucking surprise, but uh, that's also a compliment. Um, so after that, we wound up watching the Gantz movie, also on Netflix, and uh, per recommendation to me, 
Oh my god, it's everything I ever wanted. I told you it was Gantz. Yeah, no, that was pretty fucking sweet. Um, it was also very fun watching it as someone who had seen the show previously. Yeah. Because it's delightfully based on the characters of the real show, but follows their like plot lines like really loosely. It takes some liberties to make it a functioning movie. Yeah. Like, Kay from the original series is not the main character in this one. Um, the other guy, the one with long hair from the series is... You mean the more likable one? The one who isn't a total tool, yes. The one you don't have to have multiple episodes of him being like, man, you're just the fucking worst, but you're good at killing monsters. Yeah. Well, he, he was much more like, how could you be so heartless? Trust me, it's getting easier and easier every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that show. And this movie... What what was really great about this movie is it's difficult for me to tell people in the modern day why they should watch Gantz because a lot of what it provides is kind of dated. Um, there's more graphic stuff out there these days. Uh, it is delightfully Who Dies Next. It does have fantastic George R. R. Martin writing previous to like the Game of Thrones TV show. I don't know if it predates the books, but it has that like no character is safe, plot armor is not a thing. Anyone can die at any given moment. And they brought back, uh, or, where's it going with this? I don't remember. It's a good show. Um, but the best strength of the movie, I think, is they really captured, uh, what's his name? Yuishi? The, the the high school kid. kid. Yeah. Yeah, the high school creepy kid. They captured him fantastically. He's still better in the show, but they still did a great job of, like, how pseudo gutless he can be and like yeah. not in a bad way, but in a like, I'm gonna let all of you rush in and then I'll clean it up. Like they captured that about him really well. And then they also brought in a lot of the guys from like the uh manga that are like, Yeah, so I've beaten Gantz, you know, seven times. Like a lot of those guys, which was it's a I'm not even giving shit away. This movie's just got so much more to give. But it's Gantz too. Like it's 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 based off pre-existing shit. Yeah. So if you if you want to watch a crazy as shit movie, this one's worth watching. Um, but only if you like crazy as shit anime and like violence. Yeah. Because it delivers on that in spades. Um. So after that today, I went the fuck to sleep. And slept for several hours, because I am fucking exhausted. Oh, sorry, speaking of Netflix, I forgot to mention one thing in my week, if I can jump in for a sec. Absolutely. I started watching Altered Carbon. I'm not familiar with that one. It's a new show from them. It's everything I wanted the Ghost of the Shell movie to be, and at the same time, maybe as racially insensitive as the Ghost of the Shell movie was by accident. Oh. (laughs) Oh, you're talking the, um, the what's it called? The... Scarlett Johansson one. Yeah, they kind of do the exact same thing by accident. Mm-hmm. Great. It's cool. It's a very visually cool show. But does it contain Euron Greyjoy? It does not, but it contains the Edgar Allan Poe brothel with machine guns, so... You have my attention. <laughs> yeah, it's worth checking out the first episode, at least, because it, it throws down some like high sci-fi concepts fucking hard. And then it just goes some places, and you're like, what the shit? Like, 
the show basically starts off with a dude being unzipped from a body bag full of like milk fluid and being like told, "Oh, by the way, you're in some military grade white dude now. Your name is Takashi something or other." And it ends with him like in a fight out in a giant fight in the Edgar Allan Poe brothel as the mm-hmm. first um, patron that place has had in fifty years or something. Like it, it it's interesting. And that has, and that's in no way any spoiler to what the show's actually about, too. It's just kind of like, well, this is the show. These are things that happen. <laughs> Get used to it, because it's going to be coming at you hot and fast. Yeah. That's awesome. It's got potential. I'm only, like, an episode or so in, and I... What I'm hoping is the show kind of becomes a, like, here's the world, here's the story of the first season, here's the story of the second season, like, really self-contain it, but it's like, no, no, it's a world based around these rules, but, like, the first season's a whodunit. The second season could be something totally different. Nice. Hmm, I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's cool. It's really high production values, and... This may come as a crazy question, but is it in English or is it in Japanese? It's English, but at the same time... So the, the, again, this is kind of part of the show. Like the, the premise of the show is people have these chips in the base of their spines that you can, like, re-download your brain and soul and whatever to new bodies called skins or sleeves or something. It's all like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's they shed their skins, etc., etc. Blah, 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 blah. Not important, really. But so as a result, people live for hundreds of years and I guess can kind of have like languages programmed in or something because like literally as part of a like a throwaway line as they're talking to the main character, they're like, your body's equipped with, your body has like pre-installed level five um, combat muscle memory and like advanced neuro um, like neuro uh, frequencies or something it's like what does that even mean but so then like during conversations like majority of the stuff in the show is in english but like people will jump into random languages all over the place where it's like wait what's going on mm-hmm. like there's a great conversation between two cops where like one of them keeps jumping from english into um like Arabic, I think, or something, and sh- and another cop's talking to that one in like a mix of English and Spanish, and then the main character like keeps jumping into Japanese at random. Like there's a conversation where like where Arabic, Spanish, English, Japanese, and I think Russian all get used, and like and it's like it's an intentional jump. It's just suddenly they're speaking another language. Mm-hmm. It's kind of okay. cool. I don't know why they're doing it, but it's also kind of like fuck it, why not? Like in the show, really like emphasizes like. Who you physically are doesn't matter. This rich dude has a satellite that his personality gets synced to every two uh, two days. The satellite is more him than the body he's walking around in right now. Wow. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's different. Hmm. It's It feels like a risk. It feels like a safe but risky show. But it's got kind of that like Blade Runner super crazy idea of what the future is. It's got it's got some real cool steampunk stuff going on. It's got some really cool cyberpunk stuff going on. It's got some cool future stuff. Like it visually the show is impressive. Like the opening sequence alone, the kind of theme song part, is visually impressive. Like Game of Thrones level visually impressive. Hmm. Totally different, awesome. but yeah, because right now I'm looking for a new Japanese show to have in my life because I've been back practicing my Japanese really well. So uh, I need another like anime or something to like hear voices again. 
This will not help um, you with that, but it's still a yeah. cool show. Okay. Um, I'm just going to segue off of that one to something that happened to me that was just kind of interesting, which was, uh, so I play hockey, obviously. Yes. And there is some, a pickup league that I play in. And I was talking to this one guy afterward who was another goalie like me. And he usually skates out, but sometimes he plays goal. And I start talking to him. And I'm like, he got absolutely shellacked that night. And I, did, I only got like two shots all night. And I was like, hey, man, you know, if you ever feel like you're getting completely peppered, just, you know, let me know and we can swap sides. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, definitely. And same goes for you as well. I'm like, cool. And I'm like, by the way, where did you play? He goes, oh, you know, for a couple of years, I actually played in Japan. And I walked, I'm like, you did what? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was in a military base and I walked on to a team in Japan. And I'm like, do you speak the language? He's like, well, most of my conversational Japanese is completely gone. And I'm like, Jeff And he like, he's like lit up. And next thing I know, he's talking Japanese. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, and we just started talking and he's like, yeah, no, our I lived in Japan. I wound up like trying out or I wound up joining two different bands and I'm like, oh my God, I think I made a new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I met a really cool guy at hockey yeah. uh, who lived in Japan. Um, and I actually got to use my Japanese on a stranger for the first time in my fucking life, which was really cool uh, for me. Um, but moving on from that, um, I got to see Maria Bamford and Burt Kreischer, not at the same time. Uh, both are stamp comedians. Uh, Maria Bamford, unfortunately, wasn't that good, um, which was really sad because she's super good most of the time and a very funny comedian. Um, though she can be kind of hard to understand. Um, and it just wasn't her best material or something. I don't know. She might have been trying new stuff that night. Um, she definitely had some really good jokes. She just didn't have like the joke density of like a lot of other comedians. Um, then when I saw Burt Kreischer, he was just an absolute beast. Um, that guy is so fucking funny. Um, and he ended the night being like, uh, Boston, thank you guys so much for having me. This is the best place to do comedy in the world. I know it. Every comedian knows it. And good luck on Sunday, referring to the Patriots, uh, which that didn't pan out. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, but that's what next year is for. Um, but it was still super nice of him to do. Um, then all of that on Super Bowl weekend, um, me and a bunch of friends did an unstable draft, which is in Magic the Gathering, they came out with a joke set. I think I told you about it. It's the one with ultra slow zombie and they have the, uh, half creature cards where you can take like, Half zombie, half squirrel, half zombie, half man, half like they have the Hydra Doodle. Um, I don't squirrel remember this merchant. game at all, but oh, I'll have to send you the card list. It's really funny. Um, it, it's a joke set, and it allows them to test out mechanics that they don't want to just throw into the regular game. Sure. So they made these like halvesy cards where it'll be a card like adorable kitten. And then there's another card you can get that'll be the front half of the creature, and you can place it over the word adorable, so it'll be half zombie, half kitten, or something like that. There is a half kitten, half kitten that you can play. Um, What's the other half? Bear pig. Nice. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, we did that, and that was a shit ton of fun. There's also a card in there called the Hydra Doodle. Um, 
It was a giant poodle hydro hydra monster. Um, there there was a whole bunch of just fun, crazy stuff, and it was a very squirrel themed set. So there was a lot of like squirrel dealer, which was the image for squirrel dealer is a raccoon in a trench coat with the trench coat open like the merchant from Resident Evil 4 full of squirrels. Duh. And, and the entire and the flavor text is like, oh no, these are top quality squir- squirrels. Look at the fur on these ones. No mange on them at all. Like, Can stuff I like get that. these cards physically? Absolutely. I need some of these cards. You can probably get their actual art too. Like if you want to just like hang it in your apartment. Yeah, I want that um, squirrel thing for the new studio. Um, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll sh- I'll send you the uh, the the full list so you can look so you can peruse through them. Um, let's see. Um, but yeah, we did that. We had a ton of fun. And then, um, is there any other stories I want to tell first? No, this will be the last story I tell. Um, so at the Super Bowl party. Have you ever heard of a uh, show called But First We Feast? Yes, and I'm not sure why or in what context. So First We Feast is a YouTube interview TV show, or TV show, YouTube series, where this guy named Sean Evans uh, interviews celebrities. And they ask 10 questions, and with each question, they eat a hot wing. And the hot sauces get progressively more and more comedically overpowered until you get to, uh, they start out with like Cholua, which is I think 1,200 on the, um, the Scavelli scale mm-hmm. or Scoville scale. And then they end with their own brand of hot sauce, which is made with a type of pepper called Pepper X, which is I think twice as hot as a Carolina Reaper. Um, which thus makes it the hottest in the hottest pepper on the planet by double, uh, much hotter than a ghost pepper. And it is 3.3 million Scoville. Um, so it's significantly hotter than anything else around it. And my friend got his hands on a bottle of the last dab. And we were trying it and we're all like, okay, this is hot as fuck. And one of my friends who can eat, like, any amount of hot, like, put it on a wing and was like, holy shit, this is fucking hot and whatnot. <laughs> so, he, my friend is like, hey, I'm gonna make wings with, you know, some with Frank's Red Hot, some with this, like, uh, blueberry uh, habanero sauce I've got, and, like, a bunch of different things. We're gonna have variety. Does anyone want me to make them a last dab wing? And I'm like, fuck it. Make me one. He goes, okay, I'll do one, too. So... We both eat the wings. I eat my wing, and I'm like, (coughs) 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 and it is just, my face is going tingly. I am, my tears are pouring down my face. I am in absolute agony, and I don't drink anything. No water, no beer, no milk, nothing, and I just completely push through the pain and I'm playing magic with my roommate. And I'm like, and I'm playing, and I'm like, okay, I attack. <clears throat> He's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. <clears throat> He's like, yeah, real tough guy. I'm like, <clears throat> nope, I'm fine. He's like, you were so not fine. I'm like, totally good. 
dying slightly. <laughs> and I wound up pushing through it completely, and I'm like super proud of myself. Like, I didn't drink nothing. I ate one of the hottest fucking hot sauces <laughs> in the goddamn planet. And my other friend who had it drank like two and a half glass, eight ounce glasses of milk and like just straight heavy cream to try and neutralize the whole thing. And I completely pushed through it. And then uh, one of my other friends was watching me and suffer. And I was like, you should try one. He's like, nope, that, that sounds like a bad idea. I'm like, don't be a bitch. <laughs> He's like, uh, that, nope, I think I'll just be a bitch. And uh, I'll be a bitch whose stomach still functions. <laughs> um, so yeah, that brings you up to speed with me on some of the cool stuff that's been going on in my life. Skipping over a lot of the boring. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yep. I found the fucking squirrel card you were talking about. That's a, that's some good ass art. <laughs> Glad you like it. Some of the other really good ones was um, there's one that's like Aerial Toastmaster. I it's think it's not pretty, as good as cool. the Squirrel Dealer. <laughs> that is fair. Um, you'd probably also like the card Rumors of My Death. Have been greatly uh, exaggerated. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, or. People listen to this podcast. There's some uh, some pretty great cards in there. One oh, is probably the I thumbnail see. this week. <laughs> I, I I should probably also mention there are cards in this set that are based around high five acquisition. Um, got to like explain there is that a car. Say that. Got to explain that phrase. So there is a there are two cards. There's one that's called like it that gets left hanging, which is a creature that when you play it. You have to ask another player in the room for a high five, and if they don't high five you, this creature gets haste until end of turn. So you have to give the creepiest, like, hey man, can I get a high five? To try and get them not to high five you. And then there's another card that's like, I don't remember its name, but it's like, target creature gets plus X, plus X, where X is the number of high fives you can get in under 30 seconds. Uh, quote, also, hitting people does not count as, uh, high five. Well, duh. Also, you'd really like the card, ent entirely normal armchair. I'll dig through these more at a more opportune time. Yeah. Now, there's some good shit in here. That's yeah, um, pretty good. Yeah, they did some really fun stuff. They also had a big focus on dice rolling and, like, dropping dice from, like, it's like, pick D6 dice. Drop that many dice from that many inches above the table. Anything that those dice land on takes that much damage. I think this um, might be my favorite version of magic. <laughs> There's also a card that's called Slaying Mantis. Its art is a praying mantis in a luchador mask, like elbow dropping into a wrestling ring. And you uh, throw it from three feet away from the table. And it fights whatever card it lands on. Why isn't this the real version of Magic? This is so much better. <laughs> well, technically, there's already a card in Magic, I believe, called Chaos Orb that uh, did that. But um, nonetheless, it's a, it was totally fun. But that brings you up to speed with me. Yeah. Guess that means it's time for news. And I will not be making the noise. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving right into it, I guess. Uh, right off the bat, we got the Evo 2018 lineup is announced. 
Woo! Yes, Alex indeed. would be very opinionated about this. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I guess I'm just ca calling back in the memory banks to, or it was a little more controversial last year because there was the games that people didn't want to see versus the ones people did want to see that got in. Yes, the the picks right now, uh, the picks as of today are Tekken Seven, Super Smash Bros. Wii U, uh, Street Fighter Arcade Edition, or Five Arcade Edition, sorry. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Injustice 2, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Dragon Ball Fighters Z, and Guilty Gear XR2. You may notice. I'm officially, I'm, I'm officially voting for Blaze Blue T Tag Battle. <laughs> you because may Persona 4 and Ruby. <laughs> yeah. You may notice there is no Marvel vs. anything on here. It's finally been dethroned by Dragon Ball Z Fighter. That game is just straight killing it. Now, if we could only get rid of one of these extra Smash Bros. games, but... <laughs> I, As someone who watches Evo every year, I'm actually really happy with this lineup. I really want to see some high-end Dragon Ball Z, because that game is nuts, and I'm... Tekken hasn't been absent in a very long time, but I'm kind of digging that, like, people seem to... That seems to kind of be one of the big ones right now. In the tournaments I've watched, it's been like, fucking, yeah, Tekken! <laughs> but yeah, I... Awesome. More and on that's that. the Dragon Ball Z Fighter. Was its its full title? Yeah, Dragon Ball Z Fighter, or the fighting okay. game. the Dragon Ball Z fighting game that just came out. That's apparently quite 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 popular with people. Seem to care about such things. Next up after that's kind of some yay. We're finally being we're moving forward as a culture kind of thing. Uh, the Overwatch League will get its first signed female player, and I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, Korean pro player Kimi Gurugi Seon. Okay, Seon. Yeah, according to ESPN, anyway, at least she'll be joining the Shanghai Dragons, not the cool. Korean team. Ironically, if I'm not mistaken, she's yeah. Okay, she is. She's the one that's so good with Zarya. Not Zarya. Zarya's the Russian chick, right? Yes, pink hair. She's the one that's so good with Zarya. She got accused of aimbotting. Nice. She was not ultimately, but. Yeah, I just thought that was cool. We talked about the Overwatch League enough. I thought it was kind of fun giving an update. That was kind of neat. Nice. I believe that. the first female player in League of Legends was a girl named Realia, mm. Realia or something like that. Uh, she was a support player on a lesser known. Or I forget what team she was on. She was on the Outlaws, Rene Renegades. I don't oh, know, God something like that. Cool. Moving on. It's just nice. It was Mon get... Monte Cristo's team. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice. It's happening this soon. I guess I don't know. I... Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad to see it. Yeah. Moving on from that, Doctor Disrespect is back. A streamer neither of us really care about, but depending on which news site you go to, he either came slightly short of Tyler One's triumphant return to Twitch and League stream, or he felt he. Bested it. It's not totally clear what because the numbers have been all over the place. Literally, I read three articles on this topic and they all had slightly different numbers for what Tyler 1 got. But he got a respective 388,000 individual viewers. So power to that. And also crashed Twitch in the, in the process. He's famous for being nice. a PUBG streamer. Hmm. 
mostly that's a crashed fucking Twitch a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. In smaller news, The Surge 2 is coming in 2019. For those who don't know what The Surge is, The Surge was kind of cyber Dark Souls. Uh, you had like a cyber suit and Dark Souls style combat. The uh, original Surge was fun in my book, but slightly flawed. And the developers have been out there saying, yeah, we're going to make it better. We're going to keep the stuff you liked about the previous one. So I'm assuming expect more of that, like targeting specific body parts to do massive damage combat. That made the first one kind of stand out from the crowd. It's also kind of nice in this drought of Souls-esque games that they're still making Souls-ish games, because no Bloodborne 2 on the horizon, no Dark Souls on the horizon except the re-releases, and there's the anime... No Neo 2? Yeah, no, no announcement of that. Like, only other thing is Code Vein, which they've been super not great explaining what the hell that thing is. Mm-hmm. Anime Souls. Wait. But who knows? Anime Souls? It's it looks kind of like it's got like the Helsing style anime look to it. It's not really clear. It might play like Devil I mean, May Cry for all we know. I mean, you have my attention. Maybe by Bondi. Yeah. That's some really interesting art. Yes, it is. There is definitely an anime, or it's very clearly an anime. And it's reminding yep. me a shit ton of one whose name I cannot remember at the moment. I don't think it was something that I actually watched a lot of. Yeah. Watched, to be honest. Yeah. Next up on our docket, we got E3 2008 news. Uh, the day this podcast goes up, you can buy your E3 public ticket for the second time ever in E3 history. Uh, 15,000 were sold last year. We've covered in depth the kind of slight train wreck that was and people's outrage on it. Uh, it's 149 bucks a piece for a ticket, but there's probably something worth adding on to this, which is that this year, E3 2018, will have industry-only hours. That seems like a nice little compromise. It seems like a very good compromise, except for the fact that that means if you buy a ticket publicly, you're going to have less time on the floor. Because mm -hmm. again, they, they have a day or something. I that has not been announced yet. They also have not announced what a public pass gets you aside for admission. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, even if it's not everything we wanted, at least it's a start, and people are fucking listening. Yeah, I. This seems to be more reactive than proactive, but they're not getting ahead of this. This is like, ah, the industry is pissed. And this is technically still an industry event. I. I'm really hoping they announce something that makes it worthwhile if you actually buy a ticket, but mm -hmm. I don't know. A reason as a member of the public to get into it? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, as someone who's been to E3, I can sit here and be all like, oh, I've been to E3. Maybe it's not for the public kind of thing, but you have not gone. I suspect you'd like to go to a certain extent. Yeah, maybe one day. Be yeah. nice to make a trip out of it. I guess, yeah, rewind back to, like, <clears throat> Teenage Jeff. How badly would Teenage Jeff have wanted to have gone? Oh, teenage Jeff would have wanted to go. Yes, adult Jeff's a bit lazier. Yes, <laughs> and understands you can stream the E3 press conference to your home. Yep, I think it's also uh, adult Jeff realizes that adult Jeff would love to go for a single day and then just go and like eat food and get drunk in LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless you have like a unless you have like appointments scheduled and a variety of other stuff, there is not really three days worth of shit to do with that at E3. 
Well, it's what I learned at um, what's it called out here? Um, fuck, what's the gaming convention out here that way? Said PAX. Um, unless you dedicate yourself to like, I am going to wait in these lines and I'm going to play these games. You can walk past and see all the demos from afar in a day. Yeah. And you kind of need to decide which one of these paths you're going to take, and you need to hard commit to one or the other. Uh, in between does not fucking work. Um, and yeah, I would love to, or I would love to like look around at everything for a day, not necessarily wait in lines to play any particular thing because it doesn't really, or it's too much waiting. Um, and then just go and like enjoy LA and hang out with my buds. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I'm I, I'm looking forward to either seeing if E3 is an even bigger train wreck than it was last year, or if they kind of shape up some. We will see. Speaking of other things that are slowly evolving as time goes on, um, Germany is considering banning loot boxes. Go Germany. Yeah, so uh, the German Youth Protection Commission has been doing some research into... The German Youth Protection Commission? Uh, that's literally what it's called. That's interesting. Uh, they, they are starting to consider a ban because they've been looking at video games and are uncomfortable with how many, well, gambling elements are in, the, are in games that are essentially appropriate for any of all ages. Like, I think the reality was if these were, like, what's it, Peggy 18 or all M-rated games that had loot boxes, it'd be one thing. But Overwatch is teen, I think, right? Uh, I don't know. It might not be. Might be everyone. I know. It, I know it's not M. Uh, it's rated teen. You are dead. Yeah, I, that's a game anyone can buy age wise. Like maybe not a baby, but what's a baby doing with a credit card? But mm -hmm. yeah, it's so uh, kind of adding to the long list of people having reactions to loot boxes. You have. Germany, uh, people known for their no-nonsense approach to such topics, uh, kind of saying, yeah, this is totes gambling. Mm -hmm. Or maybe leaning towards it's totes gambling, but we'll see. I, As always... Holy scratchies. Yeah. Like, on the flip side, you do have the state, you do have the country of New Zealand saying loot boxes do not meet the definition of gambling, so not all cut and dry just yet, but yeah, I... I feel as though however that comes down is going to have some uncomfortable, long-reaching ramifications. Mm hmm Well, we certainly keep hoping so. Yeah. I mean, eventually enough countries are going to turn on this. Like, that is just a thing. We can only hope. Huh? Yeah. Moving on from cool. that, I don't think we talked about this in a previous podcast, but uh, so Quantic Dream a couple weeks ago got in some trouble for some accusations, and the other guys from Detroit and other famous games that are basically movies you play kind of, it's the David Cage studio, and they keep ah. kind of getting in some trouble, and recently the people that give money to French games that kind of provide public funds for it are now taking a closer look at Quantic Dreams. Uh, I don't know David Cage, but based on a variety of things said, and he's done in the past, and the other controversies that surround him, the accusations don't totally surprise me at the end of the day, as shitty as that is to say, but... Can you elaborate to someone who maybe doesn't know uh, David Cage so well? <laughs> so, 
the accusations basically revolve around kind of a highly toxic work environment and like from so David Cage, I believe it's um God. The same could be said about uh what's his name? The guy from Ghibli. Uh yes. Uh, this is <laughs> this is the kind of more frat boy toxic and less the you'll work your fingers to the bone type of toxic though. Yeah. Okay. Uh so I, I going back several years to God, I think the game was called Two Souls or something like that. It was the game with Ellen Page. Um, that game came out, and then a variety of fully rendered 3D models of totally naked Ellen Page came out, and there were some accusations Beyond that... Beyond Two Souls is correct. Beyond Two Souls, yeah. There were some accusations from Ellen Page and other people at the time that, like, yeah, we have full-body scans of her naked for unclear reasons. Mm-hmm. And the guy's kind of pervy. Uh, but to address who David Cage is, he made, um... Beyond Two Souls, he made uh, that origami killer game that's kind of terrible. Origami killer uh, the... game? You Blanking keep throwing on the interesting name. things I... at me today. He, play, he, he creates more interactive versions of Telltale games in some ways that are between exceedingly realistic and super realistic. I've... Indigo Prophecy, that's one of his as well. That's like that's the first. You mean I've... Heavy Rain? Heavy Rain, yes. That's the Origami Killer one. Okay. Yeah, I'm just bad with names today. But yeah, his first kind of major one I was aware of, Indigo Prophecy. Uh, his games have kind of divisive roles in Let's Play community. They're either viewed as like, oh, thank God, it's a David Cage game. We're gonna rip the hell out of this one too. It's an interesting perspective on storytelling, interactivity, like tilt the controller, drink this orange juice. Guy's big into gimmicks, one might say, and branching paths. It's almost like if Nintendo tried to make a visual novel. Yeah, kind of, except Nintendo already does that, I think, and better. I, It's more like if <laughs> Telltale tried to make a game with more action. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can die in these games at some frequency. And they do have, I'll call it somewhat complicated woven narratives to them, I guess. But, who knows? Yeah, I... Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy Remastered, available on Steam. Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy are the same game. It's just called Fahrenheit right. Everywhere But the U.S. Okay, I say it's a colon thing. Yeah. Fahrenheit colon Indigo Prophecy. Yeah, it came out in the U.S. called Indigo Prophecy. Everywhere else in the world it's called Fahrenheit. Oh, all right. Yeah. Cult Classic Return. There. Yeah, this is reminding me a lot of Half-Life 2. That's the era it came from. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Hope you like quick time events. That's what his games are. Yep. But yeah, that's enough on that. It does seem like the the accusations are now drawing more than just people that care about video game interest in them. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, on slightly lighter news, uh, Crimson Days, the worst public event, community event thing from Destiny 1 is coming to Destiny 2. <laughs> To much fanfare, apparently. I Crimson Days was the had this uh, had doubles uh, Crucible in it, which had the great glitch that the best way to play it was to kill yourself because you could you could speed through how fast it went. They had to patch it midway through to stop you from getting rewards that way because the grind method became hey just throw yourself off a cliff in the spawn area. Why? It's the fastest way to get to rewards. Just speed up the grinding process. Do it. Hmm. Yeah. But it's coming with all the uh, 
rewards you'd expect from a Destiny 2 expansion or a Destiny 2 event. It's got ghost shells, it's got emblems, it's got a sparrow, it's got uh, a skin or two, I guess, or an exotic ornament with just skins for guns, and something called the flaunting dance. It looks Beyonce-ish, and that's what people keep referring to it as. Uh, as someone who uninstalled Destiny 2 off all their devices recently, I don't care. I know Jeff doesn't care. This isn't at all what I want to get me back into Destiny 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Destiny 2, please fix your shit. <laughs> so what would get you back into it? I... Honestly, for it to become a hell of a lot more like Warframe or uh, Monster Hunter, like there's an uncomfortable number of articles going around where it's like, the things Destiny can learn from Monster Hunter. I'm like, no. Mo Destiny shouldn't be Monster Hunter because Monster Hunter is based around kind of a hunter-gatherer mentality. But yes, it would be kind of nice if the resources I picked up in Destiny were used for anything to turn for faction rep. Like, it's... Destiny 2 is the game about filling up gauges, which sucks. Destiny's always been technically a game about filling up gauges, but, like, the stuff you'd pick up in the patrol zones, you had to use to upgrade equipment, at least. It's like, oh, you need this to put points into that. Okay, cool. That's not even the case anymore. It's, like, weapon parts and glimmer. That's all you need now, which makes it boring. And then you've got Warframe, where it's like, we have a full crafting system. How full? Well, you can make this cannon Chinese shotgun thing, or you can make a bow. Which one's better? Oh, they're both good. But which one's better? Well, one's loud and intrusive, and one can go through like five enemies at once and pin them to a wall. Yeah, but which one's better? Neither? Well, what's the best weapon in the game? I don't know. Probably a bow. Well, which bow? Not the starter one. Up and balancing that game's real good. Alrighty then. Yeah, I yes, I as someone who doesn't play War Destiny where plays lots of Warframe, it's yeah, I I wish that game's rough edges were a little less rough, but you know, I've gotten real used to them. <laughs> I am playing two incredibly grindy games right now with a lot of frequency, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah. So to kind of transition us into our main topic this week, we have one last piece of news. Um, we're not going to talk about PUBG. We're kind of going to jump off where there have been clones of PUBG, the whole Battle Royale mode for Fortnite. It's absolutely a clone, but so some ex-Stalker, some ex, sorry, Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl and a variety of other games. The ex-Stalker developers have revealed they're working on a totally new Battle Royale game called Fear of the Wolves. This is the first game I'm aware of that wasn't, in theory, at least partially in development prior to PUBG. So this is obviously, hey, it's time to cash the fuck in on this. Mm-hmm. And since me and this looks cool, they're hinting at, like, it almost sounds like they're also kind of ripping off that Escape from Tarkov game I was talking about a while back. It's like, oh, there's mutants on the map and stuff. No real details exist. It's coming, allegedly, PC 2018, so... We'll see, I guess. It looks like it's made by the Chernobyl guys. Sorry, by the Stalker guys. So it'll look cool and be brutal as hell. And Russian <laughs> as hell. And be on the PC. <laughs> well, those are things that you want in that. Yeah. Yeah. 
They probably have another game called Survivarium, which I've never even heard of before, but who knows? It looks like an apocalypse game. Huh. Which makes sense. I'm going to check this shit out, actually. Hmm. But yeah, so me and Jeff have been doing this whole video game playing thing for a while, and while it doesn't relate to most current games, we've lived through some really weird clone eras of games. Like, hell, did you play Jack and Daxter 2 ever, Jeff? I don't know if I ever got to 2. Uh, so 2 came out in that Everything Must Be Grand Theft Auto 3 era, where it's like, hey, it's the teen platformer version of Grand Theft Auto. Which was insane, because it was an okay game still, but added, like, guns to a family-friendly franchise. <laughs> for no reason than because edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I can remember back in that day, the other thing that was just, like, you either played Jack and Daxter or you played Ratchet and Clank. The war, and, yeah. Yeah. And they're not necessarily clones of each other, but they are some very similar games yeah. in their play style. Which, one of those things I will actually say about this, actually, it's probably a credit to Naughty Dog that both of those series are so good. Despite being so similar, they're still very unique in their play style. Naughty Dog only made Jack and Daxter. Um, Someone else made uh, oh. Ratchet and Clank. Oh, was it Insomniac made Ratchet and I Clank? I think so. That sounds right. Can you look that up? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess Rain kind Maker of... Maker Entertainment Blockade... That might be the current one. Oh, that's the... Yeah. It's Insomniac. Yeah, cool. We're right. Yeah. Yeah, but either way, those games both were super similar. I guess you could call them clones. And they're they got both less really similar good. as time went on. Yeah. But out the gate, like, you got two guys that walk around, and there's a lot of wacky go lucky guns. I'd say two and Jack 2 and Jack and Daxter definitely... Uh, sorry, Jack 2 and Ratchet and Clank definitely more in common. And they both had guns, but Jack yep. one didn't have guns at least. Mm -hmm. No, like I, I, I guess kind of like it's the unsurprising reality people are cloning PUBG, and this is just the first of probably many blatant. Hey, we're totally making PUBG. I mean, Dota can really throw some sling some mud in that category. Yeah, as a fan of League of Legends, not a fan of Heart of uh, Heroes of the Storm, but it exists. So does Han, and I'm sure they're or they're now fucking mobile ones. Like they're mobile MOBAs. I saw a commercial for one during the fucking Super Bowl. That was nuts. Yeah. Um, there was also a ad for the Overwatch League, so that's kind of cool. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, comparatively. Um, man, it was a good day for Bob Craft. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, they keep, they come around with every single iteration of any of the new hot thing. Just right now, the new hot thing is PUBG. And the big difference is the creators of PUBG have a super sense of entitlement to like, we invented this, therefore no one can do it. For some reason, they think that that allows them to actually sue people into not making games. Yeah. Where cloning games is just such an... <laughs> I feel like Vicini at time the honored of, uh, tradition. Yeah, time honored tradition of <laughs> ripping each other off. The time honored tradition. Exactly. I remember the L.A. Noir games. Were they good? They were not. <laughs> I mean, those were at least made by Rockstar. Uh no. That, sorry, L.A. Noir was there was a. 
what's it called? Sorry, True Crime LA or the True Crime games. That's what I was thinking of. That were like, oh, it's got a cop in a criminal gauge. So it's Grand Theft Auto, but you're playing as a cop? Nah, there's gauges now. Okay. It's like Grand Theft Auto. So we took the stars and we made it a bar? Yeah. But you had totally to balance your cop and your criminal <laughs> gauges. Like, you were a cop, but you were undercover, so yeah. But, like, you totally jacked people's cars. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those games all work the same. Keep the criminal gauge as low as possible while doing as much criminal shit as possible. Yeah. It's just like crime in real life. It, it It's all about just not being noticed. <laughs> I... I think my favorite bizarre crom clone was 25 to Life, okay. which was this bizarre rap culture-inspired clone of Counter-Strike. <laughs> That's awesome. It was better than it should have been. Do you remember when there was the, uh, the clone-off between, I think it was like the Def Jam video games and Backyard Wrestling, where it was literally one was like, Def Jam Records, like DMX, Limp Biscuit, and all them. And then the other one was Insane Clown Posse, and they're just backyard, like, backstreet fighting games with celebrities. Yeah. And which of these celebrity lists are you more attached? It doesn't matter. Both games handle like dogs. The Def Jam ones were okay after a certain point. Mm -hmm. They had some interesting mechanics to them. Like, I, I knew people that were genuinely like, fucking, yeah, Def Jam. What about backyard wrestling? <laughs> Fucking no. <laughs> I remember very fondly. Or I just have this memory in my head of one of those, like, the the way that it only can go down in certain video games. Like, yo, heard you in the block. You want to come hang out? And, like, it, it's like DMX, uh, like, showing up to a, an unlicensed amateur boxing match with DMX. And just like, yo, you think you're tough to, like, get in the ring with me? And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> And I was young enough, and the internet didn't exist enough that I didn't know who most of the artists were, like, upon appearance. Because, like, all you got was radio play. Like, you couldn't just go look people up on Wikipedia. Like, MySpace barely existed when that game yeah. came out. Who and, is this Ja Rule, and why is he beating up this ludicrous? Yeah. And I didn't, or, and I played at a friend's house, so I didn't have the pamphlet, because as I'm sure that would have solved my problems very handily. I, I don't know on this one. I. It is interesting, though, because in history, it's been kind of a, yeah, if you have a hot-selling game, they're going to clone the shit out of it. Where you have PUBG, that's not even the... Like, I, I know the Fortnite one is like different, but at the same time, like the Fortnite one seems to be a better, more stable game. It's just kind of cartoony. Yeah, like, it's weird like PUBG is not even... to Overwatch. I mean, what? Yeah. Or actually, those are both pretty cartoony. I'm sure there's a class-based not cartoony shooter out there. TF2 to TF2 Team Fortress 1? Sure, yeah. Or Team Fortress Classic? Yeah, like, I, I was talking more about the fact that it's like, yeah, the Fortnite one's totally a clone. It brings some weird-ass shit to the table. I might kind of rather see more than just Murder Island. Yep. Yeah, I... I mean... I don't... One part of me is like, I shouldn't reward this behavior. But the idea that someone can, like, take most of an idea and bring their own spins on it is still kind of a good thing. Because, like, yeah. League of Legends is Dota with some new ideas. Yeah, like, it's a stream, what might call it a more thought-out process. Yeah. Like, 
sometimes the original source is not the end-all be-all of the creativity in that design space. Like, PUBG is not the end of all creativity in Murder Island-style games. Yeah. I don't know what you even call them. They, I'm not calling Battle PUBG Royale. a PUBG game. <laughs> a Battle, Royale, Battle Royale, yeah. yeah. Um, like, there could be some totally sweet version of, like, you have, like, gummy ship building or something, and, like, I don't know, maybe, or there could be a crazy goat simulator blended version of PUBG out there that no one's fucking tried out because PUBG wants to sue people into the earth. Like, that discourages creativity when you try and lock out ideas like that. Yeah. And I get, or I guess it's just also more like PUBG, just like, you're not entitled to owning this style of game. No one ever has been. Like, you the same way you were not entitled to copywriting the idea of a video game. Like you didn't invent the idea of playing a game on a computer. <laughs> like and people are going to take that idea and do other stuff with it, and I'm sorry, but they might do something cool. And if they do better than you, then up your fucking game. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where kind of it's the I think I've said a couple times where I don't totally believe in the longevity of PUBG. Like that second map, people really seem to hate. And I guess like a game of PUBG's type, like maybe it's not meant to stay around forever. Like someone will build a better version of that exact game. And like we did at the article, people are setting out to make better versions of that exact game already. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, using League of Legends as my always example, League has tried to make maps other than Summoner's Rift, and they have all yeah. tanked. Summoner's Rift is still around. Yeah. Um, and it's still king, so it's possible they could run into a situation like that. I mean, so. Yeah. That may not be the... I mean, I'm not going to say that they have more or less longevity. I don't really know a lot about the game personally, but I don't know if I would say that that's a clear, distinct way to say it's going to tank. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it is. It's just, it's... I've always... It, like, uh, what was it called? The World War, the World War Z game. Um... Fuck, I always call it World War Z. It's not World War Z. Um, DayZ. Like, mm -hmm. that thing was around forever, and I'm not saying it's gone away, but, like, you just don't hear about it the way you used to. Yep. It used to have, like, all kinds of cultural cult weird shit where, like, you need to understand the new... What was it? What was it? The fucking the head waggle. It's like, what the fuck is that? It's like, oh, if you see someone, you start shaking your camera left and right as fast as you can so they know that you're friendly. It's like you had to be ingrained in yeah. the culture. Like that was a thing. Yeah, I Again, like I know I like saying this like it it feels like maybe PUBG's time in the sun has maybe not come and gone, but it's it, it's time for something in the same vein to kind of step up and be like, "Hey, it's the new hotness." Mhm. Mm yeah. We're waiting for the next thing to kind of come along. Yeah, not that I want PUBG to fail, just Mm -hmm. It's kind of uh, uh, it could be interesting. It's like that game only has so much going on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just came with my own idea. I like, like, imagine if there was PUBG with Lego people. Very similar, there was like Lego Racer. That's the and Fortnite Lego game, kind of. Yeah, like you build shit in that but game. I just... Yeah. So yeah, sure. Totally could be good. A piece of me is currently waiting for that game, The Forest, to literally just release. That I is thought multiplayer. that was out. 
multiplayer is the it? force. I know it's out. I don't think that's multiplayer. Yeah. I need to pick that game. Or I need to look back into playing that game. I don't know. I've had updates. Yeah. I want to buy that for myself even because I make poor life choices. <laughs> you were going to play this? No. Why'd you buy it? I don't know. It's got stuff. For science. Yeah. That is occasion with me buying some games on Steam feels like. It's like, you ever going to play this? No. I feel like I should. I'll get it while it's on sale. That's definitely my situation. So, uh, I guess jumping back to the clone thing, like, do you, do you have a favorite, like, straight-up clone of another game that was just a blatant cash-in at the time? Oh, jeez. <sighs> that is a hard one. Mine are definitely Jack 2 and 25 to Life, because 25 like, Life was bad, and Jack 2 was like, this game is better than it has any right to be, and I'm okay with that. I'm gonna say Gundam Battle Assault 2. Yeah, the fucking Dynasty Warriors thing. No, 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 that one's not Dynasty Wars. That one's just, like, generic 2D Tekken-style oh, right, right, right. fighter um, with Gundams, and it had a lot of voice acting for a PS1 game, mm. and it had pretty good art and whatnot in it, and I always loved that one as a fighter. You did mention the Dynasty Warriors Gundam game. Those things were so bad and so good. I did enjoy watching the fight between, like, the Mech Warrior and the Armored Core games. Yeah. I never had any of them, so I never got to really get into the they rivalry, but that always was entertaining. At the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um but yeah, I'm Gunnam Bell Assault 2 is the answer I'm probably going to say, but it's not really much of a uh or it's such an obscure odd one. It's just a game I happen to like really like from way back in the day. Mm. So what about you? I it's it's gotta be twenty five to life or Jack Two. I I feel like I'm mm -hmm. missing some, like, favorite, like, what the hell am I playing game. This is obviously supposed to be something else. Maybe Gex is just, like, a collect -em all Fucking except for, how about we make it Gex perverted? Gex sucked. <laughs> I'll go out there and say it. Aw. Uh, I, I might just have fond memories because I was young and stupid, but I liked Gex. No, okay, so f follow me on this one. I There was a game called Vex, V-E-X-X, -X, and you played as a kid with, like, these magic murder gauntlets. And I think it was Xbox and PS2, maybe GameCube as well. And it, it was obviously essentially a Mario 3D platformer, except mm -hmm. like the game had all of the flaws of Mario 64. Okay. But also like tried to double down on the ultra violence. Okay. And I, it had it, it was not really a great game. I remember I remember owning it and being like, this is not a great game. This is kind of a little bit terrible. But I had a friend who thought that game was the shit mm -hmm. and refused to believe it's kind of like Mario 64. Mm -hmm. and maybe it was more Banjo-Kazooie ripoff, but... The collect -em alls Yeah, it, it had the kind of bad Mario thing where, oh, you collect the star, go back to the hub zone. <laughs> You're giving Except me, like, nightmarish flashbacks to Glover. Okay, so, but in <laughs> Vex, you collected, like, pulsating hearts because it was edgy, man. Nice. No, no. <laughs> uh, very early Xbox days game. It's like, yeah, it's edgy, bro. Hmm? Get this game. It's hardcore. You like hardcore shit, right? <laughs> Noise. No? It's got blade gauntlets. Yeah. I don't know. I 
yeah, I, I, I will always love 25 to life for being this blatant, like, we're cashing on rap culture, how we made Counter-Strike. Is it, like, racially offensive Counter-Strike? You know it! <laughs> more so than normal Counter-Strike? Way more than normal Counter-Strike. It's made by Edios. That sounds right, yeah. Look at this on YouTube. Wow. This almost reminds me a little bit of, like, the old, like, what was it, the SEAL Team or yeah, Navy SEAL so games? It, yeah, it was, like, SOCOM, too. Yeah, yes. SOCOM. Up, it may have technically been a rip-off of SOCOM, not Counter-Strike, uh, Counter now that I think yeah, about it. Yeah, it's an over-the-shoulder, but, yeah, no, this is very, 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 very SOCOM. Wait, did this shit come to the Xbox 360 as a backwards-compatible game? Oh, shit, we may have to track this thing. That I remember at the time, two people were like, yeah, it's an okay game, and I'm like, that's not an okay thing to say. I mean, you can get on eBay for the regular Xbox for $5. Motherfucking 25 to life. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Like, you had Saints Row, too, that was also, an, again, another Oh, that was glorious, though. Yeah. Like, one was whatever. Two, that's where it's like, okay, what if we just get weird with this shit? Yeah. I say two uh, is kind of where that series capped out a little bit, wasn't it? I think threes were capped out, like, Two's probably the best. Three right, that's what I meant, playing. not capped out. I yeah. meant the two was the best one. Yeah. I remember finally because it had uh, Laid to Rest by Lamb of God in it. It's like, yeah. yes, a GTA game with fucking murder in it. Yeah, I was happy. Yeah. Is it worth bringing up all the fantastic Halo killers of the Halo killer era? I mean, that that is a thing. The let's get. Oh my God, you just reminded me of one. Fucking Dante's Inferno. Yes! I totally forgot about Dante's Inferno. Holy shit. As everyone should. <laughs> As everyone should. So, sorry for anyone who's following this and doesn't know all the games that we were just talking about, because that was a hard cut. Uh, yeah. Dante's Inferno is not a Halo killer. Um, it might be. Yeah. Dante's Inferno is the most direct ripoff of God of War I have ever seen. Except you played with a with a scythe. fucking scythe made out of a spinal column. Yeah. Game was metal as shit. Yeah. It, like, literally even opened up the way Kratos opens doors and chests. Like, and the way he, he hangs from the ceiling and swings on walls. Literally, every mechanic was stolen. Oh, yeah, no, it was... Nothing was left sacred in this theft. <laughs> yeah... Yeah, I. To be fair, that game could have been a lot worse than it was. Like, as someone who's like, "Hey, does it play like God of War?" Yeah. yeah. Neat. No, if you like God of War, Dante's Inferno was a perfectly acceptable game. There was nothing wrong about it. It was just a complete ripoff. Yeah. Yeah, I. Oh, probably my favorite. It's not so much a direct ripoff as it's kind of a weird one. Um. Kingdoms of Amalur, a game I bring up every once in a while, like so, a special one to me and Jeff because this was being developed by a guy who used to play for the Boston Red Sox. Oh, it's the Kurt Schilling video yeah. game that helped bankrupt Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yep. Yeah. For being a game that was obviously trying to crib um World of Warcraft and Fable simultaneously, not a bad game. The what? Maybe the longest single-player game I've ever played in my life, too. Like, that game might be longer than Skyrim is, technically. 
Wow. I say, and you've yeah. been playing Persona games recently, like. Yeah, I think Kingdom. That's the thing too. Like there were like Kingdoms of Amalur had like four or five things in it that could have been like standalone games all by themselves. Like it had like quests that literally took ten hours alone to complete that goddamn quest. Mm-hmm. I it was nuts. But yes, it's it, it, if you Google it, it's like that's totally the World of Warcraft art style. And maybe Fable and kind of the Fable combat system. Uh-huh. And it failed for a variety of reasons. I think my wells dr- dried up on this one. 25 to life really is the, the pinnacle of why. <laughs> I am so I am now officially waiting for my rapper-influenced God of War ripoff or Halo Killer. Halo Killer is Coming such back. a dated term. Yeah. I, I loved how at the time like everything was a Halo Killer. Like, Haze, it's a Halo killer. And I'm like, no, I, I don't think it is. Kill Zone 2, it's a Halo killer. What if it's just a good game and not aimed to kill Halo? Like, I thought Kill Zone 2 was pretty good. Hmm. All by itself. We gotta make a Halo killer, kids. Maybe Halo's not as good as we think it is. Hmm. Area 51, Black Sight, it's a Halo killer. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, I I miss back when you had to murder your competition in video games. It's a Mario killer. We're gonna shit in Mario's mouth and bury him in a shallow grave out in the woods by Vex or by Gex. <laughs> yeah, the those games ha- or that idea slash concept has kind of come and gone, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, maybe we should start calling these things. Or we no, we should be bringing that term back. This is a PUBG killer. Yeah, it's the PUBG killer. Yeah. I, I like that idea. Yeah, that, that's the title of this episode, PUBG killer. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe indeed. Yep. So, want to move on, take us out of here? Yeah, why not? I suppose that brings us uh, out of our main topic to an end. Wow, that was really well-spoken, Charlotte. Just really masterfully conveyed. I guess that's the end of our main topic. Uh uh, this brings us to our email segment, what's normally our email segment. We sadly have no emails that I can answer this week because, well, Jeff, you're you're here. Mm. Those of you who've been writing about Jeff being on a podcast, Jeff was on this podcast. Death to Alex. <laughs> no. Sure, yeah. <laughs> to the inferior, false god. Thou shalt not worship false idols. Death to the lesser co-host, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. The new co-host. Love you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh probably the next one Jeff will be on will be episode a hundred to be my guest, just because after having a taste of the sweet sweet not staying up to stupid hours of the uh of the night on Wednesdays approach, uh kinda hard to quit that lifestyle. It's too good. <laughs> yeah. That in life does keep getting in the way, but enjoy them while you can. But if you wanted to contact us, Jeff, how would you go about doing it? Oh, that's easy. So first you need to create a PUBG clone. Now, trust me, that's easier than it sounds. Um, then you need to successfully not get sued. Hey, you know what? You can get sued by the creators of PUBG. That's probably pretty That actually might help us. Yeah, that it. might help. Um, and then what you need to do is when someone uses some kind of like hacks, which you will immediately get a monitor thrown at you by Dr. Hacks from the Gmod Idiot Box videos. But um when someone turns on no clip and flies up into the ceiling or up into the skybox 
and they look down, they'll notice that the mountain range writes out what your letter is and what you want to be read on this podcast, because that's such a crazy, epic, and very specific thing that'll probably get pretty far on the Something Wicked Studio subreddit. It could be the top posted under five seconds. And uh, from there, Charlie might read it on this podcast. Or more simply, you can uh, tweet at Charlie's Instagram. Um, <laughs> or That's not at all what you do, but that would work, yes. Uh, se- the correct version of that sentence would work. Yep. Uh, and Or email us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that? Ghost of Alex, who's not here this week, but probably oh, back yes, next week. Yes, I can't week. wait to hear this voice. Wickedawesomecast at gmail. You know, I'll bet when that kid gets through puberty, he'll grow a really thick beard. Yes, but more importantly, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells as it sounds, down in the show notes, all that jazz. We do enjoy hearing from you, et cetera, et cetera. Not et cetera, et cetera. We do enjoy hearing from you. I shouldn't be sarcastic about this. Please email us. It saves the segment from being us just making jokes <laughs> about how we don't have emails. It's terrible madness, I say. But, yeah. That's going to do it for this week of the podcast, I believe, unless you have something major you wish to pimp. Uh, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. A uh, little site news. Um, the channel may take a little longer to get set up than I initially thought uh, because cable runs and all that jazz, and the move is taking longer than I thought it was going to. Surprising no one, but frustrating me greatly. But if you are a new subscriber to Sunwicked Studios or Watch the Persona don't like videos. YouTube, Yes, you can also watch those, or... I have been catching up on those. They're great. Yeah. You can do that, or I may start uploading some of our older content to our Facebook page and to our Twitch account, actually. A bunch of our one-offs are sitting on there, and all of the Until Dawn playthrough is actually on the Twitch. I'm going to start putting that stuff up soon. There's some rebroadcast functions, so... We'll see how that works out, but yeah, if you for some reason are YouTube-phobic, and I don't disagree with you having that stance we have other platforms you might be able to catch our stuff on now at least our non-live stuff on so yeah feel free to catch that out so we have some some of my favorite stuff and some of our older stuff because it's just dumb shit like the surgeon like the surgeon simulator video we did with jim where it's you're a doctor why do you suck at this <laughs> and his introduction to edf but You'll have to go watch those videos to know what the hell I'm talking about. They'll go up in no specific order except the Until Dawn stuff. So, yeah, I'll I'll probably try and put all the Until Dawn stuff up in, like, one day in a playlist if I wind up doing something like that. Or I'll spread it out. I'm not sure which yet, in all honesty. Both sites' uh, upload functions aren't great, so I'm still figuring them out some. But, yeah. Go check that out and subscribe to our various other not YouTube things. Or YouTube things if you're not a subscriber there. It's always appreciated. But yeah. That about does it this week. You want to take us out, Jeff? Kill the metal! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>